Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and I'm glad you tuned in today because we have a lot to discuss. Oh, my goodness, do we have a lot to discuss. Um, this hour, we're going to talk about, we're going to give you an update on Israel, a uh, big update on Israel. Also going to talk about Planned Parenthood making the news as well. If you've listened to last week's National Crawford Roundtable podcast, um, we all got into it over the Mike Johnson issue. You know, Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House. And we were talking about, it was one of those things where we called an audible. We always planned something out the day before. The four of us emailed back and forth. What do we want to discuss? And then we get together Wednesday morning, 7.30 Pacific. Oh, dark 30. Uh, 8.30 for John in the Mountain time zone. And we... Um, Record the, record the podcast before Bob Duco goes on the air with the Bob Duco show in Detroit, noon to four uh, central time. And what's interesting about that conversation was we were talking about Mike Johnson and I was of the camp and I think John was too. And so was Neil, that um, the issue was um, with regard to uh, um, the, the, the fact that we appreciated Matt Gates saying, hey, we got this rhino Kevin McCarthy. He's not very good. Um, so basically... Um, we need to get rid of him, but we don't have a plan backing him up. And somehow the topic of conversation wandered into a lot of different topics and areas. And eventually it got to the point where we were discussing kind of a Christian nationalistic, you know, type of thing that really didn't have a lot to do with anything that we originally started talking about. And it was kind of Bob against us three and Bob and Neil really got into it. It was a, it was a very good discussion. And, um, at the end of the day, um, it was it was just it was interesting when the two pastors square off with the two guys who aren't pastors but are Christians who appreciate you know uh, that kind of ministry because it really got to be intense and you know sometimes I have to admit when we do NCR uh, it does come across sometimes as like it's four guys we're all kind of in the Anglo persuasion though I identify as Hispanic and um, we oh, we agree on a lot of things you know so it, it's not often that we get something where two of us are just going toe-to-toe with the other two. Uh, that's coming up today, 4 o'clock Pacific, 5 o'clock Mountain. Uh, you hear the first half of that on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast here on the Bottom Line Show. Now, we got some good news to start off this hour with, and it's good news not in the sense that it's good news that Planned Parenthood makes as much money as it does. But one of the reasons why I love working with our friends at Preborn is that Preborn is a ministry that is focused on preaching the gospel, living it out, Tens of thousands of women come to preborn clinics each and every year. They get a free ultrasound that comes with a free pregnancy test, as I recall, and information about what well, your three options now. Congratulations, you're pregnant, you're a mom. Or congratulations, you're pregnant and a mom who's going to release that child for adoption. Or option number three in half the country is you can get an abortion. And the people at preborn don't back away from the three options. You see, that's where I think a lot of pregnancy resource centers do kind of, I don't want to say drop the proverbial ball, but is that we talk so much about the sanctity of human life that you don't explain to women and the, the baby's fathers, whether it be husband, boyfriend, whatever. Don't explain to them that what the options are. And in explaining the options, you're also giving them the opportunity to see, okay, well, this is what you're doing. So many women go to abortion clinics and they don't really know what the abortion entails. They think of it as just, you know, we're removing some tissue. Uh, it's a cluster of cells. It's not really a human being. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you and I know that that's not the case. I mean, obviously this is a preborn child. When you see the ultrasound of the preborn child, then you see clearly that's a baby, not just a bunch of tissues. But the likes of Planned Parenthood are notorious for saying things like, this is abortive care for a woman and you're violating a woman's rights if you don't let her have an abortion. What they also will tell you too is, oh no, we don't get into this because we're trying to make money. We get into this because it's all about abortive care. And, and, and no, there's no federal money going directly to uh, the abortion clinics for doing abortions. Rather, no, 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 there's, there's funding we provide for vital family planning services, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then some people like the Center for Medical Progress went behind the scenes and said, hey, wait a minute, we see what you're doing. You're encouraging women to get abortions without giving them counseling that says adoption is an option. Or if you need help raising the child, we will help you get that help. 
Abortion clinics don't do that. As a matter of fact, there were 375,000 abortions performed at Planned Parenthood clinics. Those are just the ones that they acknowledge doing. Some states like the People's Republic of California don't even keep tabs or they won't release that medical information. But the number of abortions versus the number of adoption referrals? Know that every time a woman comes to a preborn clinic, adoption referral is on the table. So if a million women went to a preborn clinic during the course of the year, there would be a million referrals for adoptions. You know how many adoption referrals Planned Parenthood did last year? 1,800. 375,000 abortions, 1,800 adoption referrals. Now tell me this is comprehensive family planning and medical care for women who are pregnant. It's not. And there's another place where Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry make a lot of money, and that's through a state's Medicaid health insurance program. According to Reuters, there is now a, a case in Texas that says that a judge has ruled against Planned Parenthood and says that the organization is obligated to return some of the funding that they had uh, received from the federal government because they call it Medicaid fraud. Now, understand, of course, it is against the law for the federal government to pay for an abortion. It is against the law for an abortion clinic to charge the government for an abortion. But wait, Planned Parenthood gives, you know, they get five, seven, eight hundred million dollars a year for the federal government. How do they do it? Well, they do it very creatively. They ask about birth control. They've gotten into the whole transgender cross-sex hormone. See, if you're a guy and you want to be a girl and eventually want to become a mother, then you get your hormones here and Planned Parenthood. No, that's not. It's really not. But it's interesting because there's a case now involving Planned Parenthood of Texas and the state of Texas. The state of Texas has accused Planned Parenthood of obtaining funds from the state and then failing to repay them after it terminated the organization as a provider under its Medicaid insurance. Medicaid is supposed to provide insurance for people who fall into a lower income category. But where it gets dicey is Medicaid will pay for, for example, uh, contraception reimbursement, the pill, you know, IUDs and that type of thing. Uh, But they won't pay for abortions. And so what Planned Parenthood will do is they'll say, okay, well, here, uh, you come here and we'll give you your birth control pills. And we'll also slip in some of those abortion pills, but we'll call the whole thing contraception. And then we get money back from the federal government, right? Well, according to Texas law, you can't do that. And not only can you not do that, the Title X funding that was going through, this goes back to President Trump, basically, Uh, banning that practice from happening. And of course, the state's all freaking out. But here's the deal. There was a $1.8 billion changed hands between the federal government and the states of Texas and Louisiana. And it's interesting. Remember when the Center for Medical Progress released their videos and showed that Planned Parenthood was actually making money off of abortion and they were selling baby body parts and whatever. Uh, The states of Texas and Louisiana at that point decided to file a lawsuit. And they were saying, if you don't settle up with us, um, then we're going to make sure that you can't do business. Now, it's funny because publicly, Planned Parenthood has uh, discredited those videos from David Daleiden and company. But under deposition, especially here in the People's Republic of California, they've had to acknowledge that, yes, they did say those things. Yes, this is how their practices work. Publicly, they'll discredit them and deny any wrongdoing. But here's the deal. Um, Those videos led Texas and Louisiana to terminate Planned Parenthood as a provider covered in their Medicaid programs. So federal court orders temporarily stopped them from finalizing those terminations, but those orders were lifted on appeal. Planned Parenthood's contract with Texas ended in 2021. In Louisiana, it ended in 2022. Both states have accused Planned Parenthood of defrauding the states by continuing to bill and collect payments from their Medicaid programs after the initial termination decisions and failing to repay what they received from the terminations, both states kicking off the organization off the Medicaid roll. Um, Interestingly enough, isn't it interesting to find out that Planned Parenthood was continuing to bill 
for abortions they were performing for reimbursement, even though the termination of the contract was in place? Apparently, termination in Planned Parenthood's contract is a somewhat nebulous term now, isn't it? Well, congratulations to uh, Governor Abbott and uh, his team at uh, the state of Texas. And I know that uh, Louisiana is no longer involved in this lawsuit, but nonetheless, um, I'm glad that those states did what they did. And it's worth it to see what the work that David Daleiden and company did with the Center for Medical Progress low back in the day. Please keep them in your prayers, too. Our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom are handling some of those cases involving I think Sandra Merritt's with Liberty Council, but I'm pretty sure David Daleiden has um, ADF uh, on his side to try to work this all out. We've got a link for the conversation up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, as we continue, when we talk about uh, the people who have the right to live, and uh, uh, of course, every baby has the right to live, and if the child is not welcome in home uh, simply because mom and dad don't think they're ready to be parents or don't have the financial means to be parents, there are lots of adoptive homes. That's why I encourage you to make a donation to Preborn, uh, because Preborn has upped the ante. 85% of the women who see an ultrasound at a Preborn clinic choose either to become parents or they decide to um, release their child for adoption. And when you consider that 60% of the women in America who have abortions are already mothers, this is information they need to hear. Your $28 donation makes it possible for Preborn to do one of these ultrasound screenings for a woman. A $15,000 donation makes it possible to put another ultrasound machine in a Preborn clinic. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229 or go online to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com. We've got the link to Preborn there as well. As we continue, Barry Stagner of Calvary Central Orange County is going to join me. Barry hosts a weekly uh, video program. Uh, it, it, it's amazing to see how many people from all over the world are benefiting from uh, his uh, internationally, uh, the program simply called The Lineup. And when it comes to end time prophecy and understanding what's going on in Jerusalem right now, Barry is the guy. He's written a book called The Time of the Signs, A Chronology of Earth's Final Events. The link is up at thebottomlineshow.com. The book doesn't come out till January, but we do have three copies of the, that we're giving away today. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. The number to get you through to the bottom line. Well, today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to get into a conversation that a lot of people have been having more and more recently, especially with what's going on in the Middle East, but a conversation about what's happening in the world, the world around us, and wondering what is really going on in terms of the chronology of Earth's final events. Joining me today here on The Bottom Line is Pastor Barry Stagner. Uh, Barry is the pastor of, of Calvary Central OC, which used to be Calvary Chapel Tustin back when I first met him years and years ago. He is a, a well-known uh, apologist. He is the host of the international broadcast weekly program called The Lineup and the author of several books. Uh, his latest book is coming out soon. And we want to get a precursor on this. It's a, the paperback edition of the book called The Sign, Time of the Signs, A Chronology of Earth's Final Events. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Pastor Barry Stagner, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Thank you, Roger. Great to be back with you. I have a, an affinity for our conversations because I was remembering back to the day, November 8th, 2016, when you were kind enough to donate a couple hours of your time to hang out with me on the bottom line. Do you remember this? Uh, you came and sang, sat in with me on the bottom line show and we sat there and we tried to look at both of the doomsday scenarios that were facing America at that time. One was that Hillary Clinton would win the presidency. The other one was Donald Trump would win the presidency. Yeah. And it was, just, it was kind of a surreal time. We were just praying for the nation, praying for people, trying to you know put out the calm voice of reason. But in the seven plus years since that has taken place, there's been a lot that's gone on with regard to the sign of the times and the time of the signs. Talk about what you're seeing right now. I mean, it, it's moving pretty rapidly, isn't it? Well, it is. And I think that's one of the times, one of the signs of the times of the time of the signs, so to speak. And, um, you know, when when we look into uh, Revelation in verse 1, Jesus talks about things happening in an escalated format. Mm -hmm. He says it will happen shortly, and that doesn't mean soon. That means in quick succession. Mm -hmm. And so when we look, pair that with what he said in the Olivet Discourse, in the what I call the preamble to the discourse, in Matthew 24, 3-8, he used the, the phrase and conclusion of the that familiar passage about wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, pestilence, famines, all, all those other events. 
And uh, he said beginning of sorrows. Now, hmm. that can be translated as the commencement of birth pangs. Right. And uh, sorrows is translated elsewhere as birth pangs uh, in uh, Paul's writings. But if we are nearing the end of the church age, then we would expect to see a, an increase in frequency and intensity of events related to uh, the the birth of what's coming, and that is the final phase of labor, which would be the tribulation period. And mm -hmm. I think we're seeing a lot of the precursors to what will ultimately be fulfilled during the tribulation happening right now. Now, this is not new. I mean, in terms of we think it's new because we saw what happened October 7th of this year. We, we, we've seen what's happened in recent years, even two, three, five, ten years ago. But the rebirth of Israel really was kind of when the the sands of the hourglass kind of literally got turned over and dropped down. Talk about why that is probably the most significant sign of the end times in terms of when Israel was reformed and now what's happening in the Middle East today. Well, looking at what uh, Ezekiel the prophet was told and uh, the things that were revealed to him, a lot of times we start with uh, Ezekiel 37, where we, we read about the dry bones and the sinew and flesh and all that coming back upon them, speaking of the rebirth of the nation of Israel. But I think it's important to back up just one chapter and look at Ezekiel 36, verse 20, where the Lord said that when the Jews are outside of the promised land, his name is profaned. Mm. And the people of the world would say, you're God's people and you're not in his land. And I think that's probably the pivotal uh, phrase in that whole passage from Ezekiel 36 to 39. It's his land. And he gave his people his land, his people being those uh, born through the descendants of Abraham through Isaac and Jacob. And uh, this is a land that God has covenanted uh, with unconditional everlasting promises uh, to the nation of Israel. And, you know, the, the phrases associated, especially in chapters like Zechariah 12 to 14, right. uh, we, we see in that day, in that day, repeated 16 times in three chapters, where he's talking about the tribulation period. And I think what we're seeing now, uh, being in the late stages of that generation that sees the rebirth of the nation of Israel is the uh, Jerusalem becoming a, a heavy stone, uh, a burden to all nations. And I think that's what's happening uh, with the particular scenario we're watching unfold right now. Mm -hmm. I don't think we can put our finger on anything and say, well, you know, October 7th was uh, this prophecy or that chapter and that verse. Right. But I do think that we are seeing preparations for the world uh, in its whole, looking at uh, Jerusalem as a real problem. And uh, we're seeing these massive protests all over the world uh, that are taking place simply because of uh, multiple levels of unawareness, or mm -hmm. we could say ignorance, uh, including the legalities of Israel uh, being in the, in the land that God had covenanted uh, to them. Uh, legally, they have every right to be there. The League of right. Nations established this July 24th, 1922, the San Remo Resolution uh, also endorsed that in 1925. You know, we, we just see throughout the, the course of uh, the predecessors to the UN, uh, Israel being given this land, having three quarters of it taken back from them and given to uh, the Hashemite kingdom of the Jordanians. But, uh, you know, they have every right to be there. And uh, above all that, above the, the human involvement, is God's ordinance. The, mm -hmm. He gave it to them. Mm -hmm. And that's it's interesting to watch the world come to terms with that, not, not knowing or believing and yet perceiving what's going on here. Uh, Pastor Barry Stagner with me today here on The Bottom Line. Brand new book is called The Time of the Signs, a chronology of Earth's final events. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. It will be it's scheduled for release later this year. Uh, if we're talking about these signs, uh, Pastor Barry, uh, the the idea that there are people who are looking for, you know, the, these these clues, you know, that, that we've been uh, taught to look for. And let's be honest, I mean, you and I are contemporaries. Uh, we didn't think we'd see it in our lifetime. We hope we would, but we didn't necessarily think we would. We thought that's something our grandkids are going to have to wrestle with. And now here we are wrestling with it. Is there anything that's happened in the past year, past six months, maybe even the past two years, that is such a glaringly obvious sign that maybe American Christians might be missing? I mean, for me, when you talk about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, I'm like, wait a minute, do you know the origins of the Palestinians? I mean, there, there's, there's a lot lot more to focus on than just how many, you know, what was the body count at the hospital that got blown up or whatever. I mean, those are, that that's tragic and it's, it's heartbreaking. It's horrific, but 
that's not necessarily something we should be spending too much time camping out on, is it? Well, you know, in the Zechariah passage, you know, the Lord is going to fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle, ultimately. And and that's really, I think, what we're pushing toward. And if we're seeing things, and, you know, Roger, I, I'm a strong believer in the pre-tribulation rapture. I think that's mm -hmm. biblically defensible. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, if we're seeing things that are going to reach their ultimate fulfillment, during the tribulation, I think what this ought to do for us is to create a sense of desperation for the lost and perishing around yes, us yes. and to be telling them, hey, you know what? The Bible said all this stuff is going to go down, and now we're watching it happen. And, you know, I, I like what you said a moment ago, what's happened in the last two years, six months, two months or whatever. We could almost today say, what's happened in the last 15 minutes? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That tells you. That yeah. uh, things are moving quickly towards uh, their foretold end. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, you know, when we, uh, a lot of people today, oddly, you know, they they say, well, you just really can't know uh, if we're in the last days. Well, yeah, you can. The Bible said we're in the last days in Hebrews 1, that in time past, God spoke to the fathers through the prophets. But in these last days, it's spoken to us in his son. So we're definitely in the last, and I believe the last of the last days, and watching the rebirth of the nation of Israel, seeing them advance to now 75 years old, being told in the Olivet Discourse, the generation that sees the fig tree bud, which uh, both Joel and Hosea and Jeremiah used the fig tree idiom and description of Israel, uh, we are late in uh, a generation uh, that has seen Israel uh, come back into the land, uh, having profaned the name of the Lord every day they were out of it. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the the realities, I think, also, Roger, uh, there are things that we're watching that don't have anything to do with Israel, but have everything to do with the Word of God. Mm. Uh, we're seeing a mass defection from truth that Paul prophesied of in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Right. Mm -hmm. We're living in perilous times that he talked about, and and all of the character flaws are, are evident all around us. Listen in Second Timothy chapter three, uh, we're seeing all of these things take place simultaneously. But I think what brings us into the realm of understanding it to be prophetic is Israel, mm. Israel being back in the land. Yeah, Pastor Barry Stagner, a great words of insight today here on The Bottom Line Show. The book is called The Time of the Signs, A Chronology of Earth's Final Events, and we've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the special edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Pastor Barry Stagner is with me. The lineup is the name of his video uh, weekly television broadcast, well, online television broadcast. He's the pastor of Calvary Central OC right here in Costa Mesa, and he is the author of a brand new book that's entitled The, si the Time of the Signs. I was going to mess that up. Uh, a Chronology of Earth's Final Events. It's available at thebottomlineshow.com. The book is pre-order state right now. It's not coming out till after the first of the year, but Barry has graciously given us three copies of the book that we're giving away today. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, The Time of the Signs, A Chronology of Earth's Final Events by Pastor Barry Stagner. That's what we're giving away today here on The Bottom Line Show. Not one, not two, but three copies of this outstanding book at 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, more from Pastor Barry Stagner about what's happening in the Middle East. 
why it's important for us to pay attention. And, you know, maybe the subheading for this next uh, half hour segment is not going to be so much about uh, finding out what is happening, but also making sure that we understand what isn't happening. A lot of times we in the body of Christ get a little gung ho and we see some rumblings and wars of rumors of wars, saber rattling and actual bombs bursting in air in the Middle East. And we kind of charge off into, well, it could be this, it's got to be this and blah, 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 blah. Instead of saying, wait a minute, we want to know what it is, but we also want to know what it isn't. Pastor Barry Stagner is going to explain that to us coming up next as the bottom line continues. Been hurt in an accident and you're wondering if you should call Stephanie Cover of Cover Law. You must. That's why insurance exists, to cover accidents. So you should use it. Stephanie worked in the insurance industry for over 20 years, and she knows their system, how to talk to adjusters, how they think, and how to get back from them all that you've lost. That could be wages, time, property, or anything else that the accident has taken from you. Every minute you wait hurts your chance to be made whole again. And Stephanie knows that the opposing insurance company is building a case against you, so time is a factor. Stephanie cares about the truth. She builds your case on a rock-solid foundation of honesty. She will give you a clear understanding of what to expect during the process, and Stephanie will ensure that the truth comes to light. If you or someone you know has been in an accident and you're not sure if you need an attorney, Reach out to Stephanie Cover now at kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R. Pastor Barry Stagner is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. He is the senior pastor of Calvary Central OC, which is in the Costa Mesa area, and also the uh, uh, host of the international broadcast. It's a weekly program called The Lineup, and we'll put a link up for that at thebottomlineshow.com. We're talking about his brand new book, The Time of the Signs, A Chronology of Earth's Final Events, and that link is up at thebottomlineshow.com as well. They're pre-ordering this book, so I'm grateful to get some time with Pastor Barry to talk about that and other things as well. Uh, On The Lineup, it's international, and I'm always intrigued when I hear not only American pastors, but American pastors from California, and not only American pastors from California, but from Southern California, and what the response is like. How do people relate to your style of teaching, uh, preaching, uh, and what kind of response do you get from people internationally? I mean, you're hearing from people all over the world who watch your program. Well, the interesting thing about you know what's happening out there through the internet is what you just said. It's the reach is unbelievable, and you know there are people that uh, you know I travel quite a bit as as you well know with. Uh, Amir Sarfati. So I'm physically all over the world as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hear the same thing everywhere. Uh, two things. I can't find a Bible teaching church and nobody's teaching Bible prophecy. Right. So the interest level out there is huge. And uh, uh, that's one of my favorite things. Uh, I'm not, I don't generally uh, read comments because uh, there's some some nasty ones. <laughs> there are some nut jobs usually, out there. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. usually. But I, I love seeing where people are, are watching from. And I, there's people from the Philippines and Australia and New mm-hmm. Zealand, uh, Israel, uh, all over the world uh, jumping in. And and it's all uh, really for the same reason. What in the world is going on? What does all yes. this stuff mean? And uh, so it is truly just a, a, a real blessing to see how what is used for so much uh, not so good stuff uh, is also used for bringing God glory. So mm, I love it. Amen. Well, we'll put that link up for the lineup at thebottomlineshow.com. You can watch Pastor Barry Stagner in action, teaching and preaching and uh, ministering to his worldwide congregation. In the book, The Time of the Signs, a chronology of Earth's final events, of course, you are pre-trib. And so we, you know, there's a, the issue of the rapture. And a lot of people have been wondering. I mean, I, some people joke, you know, I mean, I, I was late for work and I got to work and no one was there. And I thought, oh, the rapture happened. Then I realized it was Saturday, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> ha ha. But there is going to come a place. I mean, the way you you understand it, the way you interpret scripture, and I think we're both in agreement on that. Where does it fit? I mean, in terms of we're not trying to sit there and say, okay, on November 17th at 4 p.m., you know, there we all go. But as things are starting to line up and we can kind of get a general feel, where are you interpreting uh, the scriptures to put us at in that regard? Well, I think, you know, with Jesus in the Olivet Discourse talking about no man knowing the day and the hour, uh, I believe you have to assign that to the rapture of the church because, you know, if we know, you know, the duration of the 70th week of Daniel, 
being two sets of 1260 days, making up the two halves, mm -hmm. we know that from the abomination of desolation, 1260 days later is the second coming. So that's, that's not something that is unknown, at least at one point in time. Right. I think he's talking about uh, when he comes as he promised to the disciples in John 14 to take them to where he is, which is in the father's house. And uh, so I think really there there's, and I mentioned this in the book that I think the the possible scenario and uh, you know, the, the most uh, uh, the best form of, of prophetic interpretation is fulfillment uh, obviously. So when we look back, we can see things that are for sure. But I think possibly the scenario could play out like this, that the uh, Isaiah 17 destruction of Damascus would be the catalyst for the launch of the Ezekiel War. Mm -hmm. I think it's possible that the Ezekiel War could start before the rapture of the church, but I don't think the Ezekiel War can end uh, without the church being taken out of the way. And I say that for this reason. If you look at Ezekiel 39, you see a divine response that is specific to the time when God is dealing directly with Israel. There's flooding rain and hail and fire and blood and uh, earthquake and all those things that uh, are, are representative of God moving on behalf of Israel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if there was ever a time where he was going to pull that kind of stuff out and use that type of weapons, it would have been against the Nazis. Mm, but, you yeah. know, here we are, we're in right. the, the church age and, you know, knowing that, that this is going to be how that battle ends and how the invading forces of Russia, Turkey, uh, Iran, Libya, and Sudan are going to be destroyed by him himself, by him engaging uh, the adversaries. I think that is a post-rapture event. And uh, so I think we could see the destruction of Damascus, the start of the Ezekiel War, the rapture of the church, and then the ultimate uh, destruction of the invading forces, which could very well be the reason that the Jews are allowed to build the third temple. Interesting. Interesting. I was just having a conversation recently with a guy who writes for National Geographic, uh, Andrew Lawler, who had just written a story on the mm -hmm. Dome on the Rock and, you know, has a book out on this whole thing about Jerusalem and brought up that whole point. And he said, you know, from, from a human standpoint, I would love to see, you know, everyone trying to live as peaceably as we possibly can. But at the same time, when you're also talking about blessed are the peacemakers as opposed to the peacekeepers, well, peacemaking sometimes involves a little bit of violence. It involves a little bit of bloodshed and yeah. God is not going to be stopped in that. And I, and so I, I, I say that cautiously, not so people think I'm some kind of, you know, Christian war hawk or whatever, but you know, as you're right. describing battle after battle, after, you know, confrontation, um, we need to be prepared for that too. Uh, Pastor Barry Stagner with me today here on The Bottom Line. The Time of the Signs, very clever title, uh, but it does describe what he writes about, the chronology of Earth's final events. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. There's been a bit of confusion that I've seen, Barry, and I would love for you to comment on this um, with regard to the return of Christ. You know, we, we were talking during the break about a, a fellow uh, broadcaster, Bible teacher, who's, you know, kind of opposite everything you and I've been talking about yeah. just now, yeah. but I love him. He's a great guy. But there are a lot of people who are saying, okay, well, the Lord's going to come back. The Lord's going to come back. The Lord's going to come back without asking the second part of the question is, and then what? Can you help us kind of understand why, what, what the time of the science is helping us to do in terms of earth's final events. But when the Lord does return, what are we, what are we looking at next? Well, when he comes back, he'll, his feet will touch down on the Mount of Olives. And I think that's one of the strongest arguments against the belief in replacement theology, mm -hmm. uh, that the church has replaced Israel. Right. Uh, if the church has replaced Israel, why is he coming back to Jerusalem? Right. Uh, because Jerusalem would actually be Palestine mm -hmm. uh, under Muslim rule. So that doesn't make any sense. But he's coming back. And what we're told is that when he steps on uh, the Mount of Olives, and this again is Zechariah, uh, the, there's going to be a, a valley that opens up and living waters are going to flow and restore the earth, I believe, to what we could describe as kind of an Eden-like condition. Hmm. We know from Isaiah and elsewhere that the lifespans are going to return to the uh, antediluvian or the pre-Noah uh, span, lifespan. People are going to live. You know, he, he writes about, you know, a child shall die at 100 years old, meaning hmm. somebody dies at 100, it'd be like a baby died because people wow. are living longer. And, you know, all the other descriptions we see of the animal kingdom being at peace with humans and the child, you know, playing on the, the poisonous snakes uh, hole or den. So what we're going to see after the return of Christ 
is a thousand years. And and again, you know, this is a debated issue. And, uh, you know, when you have the, the word that's translated as thousand uh, in Revelation chapter 20 used six times, and it's used one time also in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, every time that word is used in the New Testament, it's used literally. Mm-hmm. So it has to be describing a literal thousand year time period where Jesus rules and reigns on the earth. And so that begins with his second coming. He comes back, living waters flow from the Mount of Olives. Uh, the world is restored to a, a beautiful uh, Eden-like state. Uh, lifespans are extended. He rules and reigns in righteousness from Jerusalem. Everything is fair. And thank the Lord, there's no more elections. Mm, amen. <laughs> That's for sure. That is amen. Amen. Hallelujah for that. Oh, Pastor Barry Stagner, the time has passed by much too quickly. We'll have to have you back on again, especially as we get closer to release of the book. But I want to remind our listeners about the book, The Time of the Signs, a chronology of Earth's final events. And we've got a link for it up at the bottomlineshow.com. 60 seconds left in our conversation, Pastor Barry. Uh, you guys have uh, moved your congregation a couple of different times to larger venues, and, and now it's uh, Calvary Central OC in Costa Mesa. Uh, make your best pitch for inviting our listeners in that area, since that's kind of right where the Bottom Line Show uh, headquarters is at KBRT. Uh, talk about why uh, why now is the perfect time if you're looking for a church home to try your church out. Well, we teach the Bible, and uh, you know, as Pastor Chuck used to say, simply teaching the Bible simply. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I love what Jay Vernon McGee used to say: put the cookies on the bottom shelf where the mm-hmm. kids can reach them. So yeah. uh, we're not feeding giraffes; we're feeding sheep, <laughs> and uh, we want to make sure that uh, we come away with something uh, that equips us for the work of ministry, which is actually what Paul said in in Ephesians chapter four: is the purpose of church. He gave pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So. Amen. Really, that's our goal, to motivate people, educate people as far as what the Bible teaches. And uh, we don't, uh, and I like the old saying, we're not teaching from the Bible, we're teaching the Bible. Amen. I'm going through Second Timothy right now, and we'll make our, we're continuing our way uh, through the New Testament, and we'll keep going until the Lord comes to get us. Well, I love that. And uh, right now, if you go visit Pastor Barry Stagner's church, you will not have your t- itching ears tickled but you'll have your no. soul satisfied, <laughs> especially as you're moving through Second Timothy. And you alluded to this earlier about how common that's becoming, even in places that are, quote unquote, the church. Yeah. Um, that uh, it's, it's, it's tragic, but I'm grateful for men like Barry Stagner who are preaching and teaching God's word faithfully until the Lord returns and then thereafter. Uh, Pastor mm-hmm. Barry Stagner, the book, The Time of the Signs is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Barry, God bless you. Thank you for being with us today here on the program. Let's make sure it's not seven years until our next visit again. How about yes, it? Yes, amen. Thank you, okay. Roger. Great to be with you. Well, it's been way too long since Barry Stagner has been on the program with us. And as I mentioned in our conversation just a moment ago, um, this is a guy who he was the pastor who was with me in studio for the entire two hours. We were a two hour broadcast back on November 8th, 2016. And we talked about literally the end of the world. When we first started the first half hour of the broadcast, we were talking about the the real possibility that Hillary Clinton would win. Um, the euphoria the nation might feel about having a woman in the Oval Office quickly replaced with the despair of what would happen when World War III shows up because we would be a communist nation handed over to the Antichrist. Then as the program wore on, though, we began to see more of the polls saying, hey, wait, it looks like Trump's going to win this state. Trump's going to Then it was like, okay, well, is this the sign of the, the end of the times? Because you know, I mean, Donald Trump for president, right? What, what could possibly be right about that? We thought, well, a lot of things turned out to be right, but it is important for us as Christians. Uh, Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse three, what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? That's the question that he's asked. The disciples are asking him and, you know, he talks about being able to interpret the signs of the times by looking at the time of the signs and the chronology of earth's final events. Time of the Signs is the title of Pastor Barry Stagner's new book. It's up at thebottomlineshow.com. It does not release until mid-January, and here we are in early November. But by God's grace, we have secured three copies of it in its advanced form, and we want you to have one of those three copies. Not one, not two, but three. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line for Pastor Barry Stagner's book, The Time of the Signs, a chronological, a chronology rather, I want to say a chronological look at Earth's final events. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 
is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, I want to look at another sign of the times. It's the time of the signs in terms of what is happening in the Israeli conflict that we need to pay attention to, especially as it pertains to oil, as it pertains to uh, one of those precious resources that is so very, very... um, you know, near and dear to us here in the U.S., but the idea that we don't have any sort of uh, answer for what's going on there, short of, you know, the kind of military uh, action that we're seeing right now. We'll take a look at that coming up next as the bottom line continues. My thanks again to pastor and author Barry Stagner for joining me today here on the bottom line. And also, I mean, this doesn't happen too often to us, Barry's brand new book is called The Time of the Signs, A Chronology of Earth's Final Events. It's a great read. It's up at thebottomlineshow.com. We have not one, not two, but three copies of this book to give away, which is really saying something because this is a book that won't be released until January, but we have copies of it right now. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. For the second time in the past couple of years, Americans are stuck in the Middle East and the Biden administration seems to be turning a blind eye to what's going on here. Remember when the Afghanistan pullout happened? It was August 15th or so of 2021. And we looked at that area and said, wait a minute, you are leaving billions of dollars in cash, in weaponry and machinery. I mean, you know, you don't just bring tanks and jeeps and things like that over to a nation overnight and then say okay let's time to go home we'll be out of here in three days tops you ever moved i mean you ever moved your home before uh, lisa and i did this this summer and it was a big move it was for i mean the last time we moved we were moving for her home that she did for 25 years into a brand new home and we bought a lot of new stuff for the home so we didn't have to move stuff from one house to the next this time when we moved we were moving stuff and it's it's a lot of work now but we weren't going to afghanistan you know, we, we weren't. But remember that Afghanistan is a huge home to, it's probably the second fastest growing Christian community in the Middle East behind Iran. So the fact that the Biden administration was just leaving people there, thousands of Americans were stuck behind in Afghanistan. And uh, the, it was just, it was awful to see that happen. It was such a blunder by the U.S. And whether you like the president or not, I mean, what he did there was just, it was very ill-timed. It makes it look like he was on someone from you know, Hamas or Hezbollah's payroll. Well, now that Hamas is, you know, the aggressor in Israel, and I can't stress this enough, the reason Israel is defending the land in the area of what is called Gaza, it's Judea and Samaria, is because they were attacked unprovoked by Hamas, which is backed by Syria and Iran. And, you know, it's it, it, it's amazing to me to listen to those who would would go on. I think it was a Trevor Noah on the the former Comedy Central host was going on and on and on about this and only talking about the one side. The children, they're so innocent and these Israelis are killing these children. And he I mean, seriously, that's level one of the headline. Level two of the headline is why are so many children dying? We look at the the what, what happened kids are dying how are they dying they're being hit by rocket fire oh my gosh it's terrible well there's three other steps to take before you draw a conclusion you've got the what happened and you've got the how it happened but then you have to get to the why the when and the where well you could put the when and the where in the timing that's easy but the why question has to be asked why were so many children killed by Hamas? Well, take a look at who's there there are two million Arabs in the region there are 500,000 Jews Israelis so, I mean, Gaza is, is overwhelmed, overrun with Palestinians by a, the tune of four to one over Israelis, number one. Number two, one-fourth of the occupants of Judea Samaria right now on the Arab side of the equation are children. So you could do the math. If there are two million Arabs and 500,000 Israelis and one-fourth of the Arab contingency is children, there are as many children of Palestinian Arabic descent as there are Israeli descent in the same region. That's number two. Number three, Hamas is a terrorist organization. And what do, what does an emotional terrorist do? They'll fire some you know, weaponry at you unexpectedly, and then they'll go hide behind some innocent person. So if you try to retaliate, you wind up hitting that innocent person who's being used as a human shield. 
little pop psychology for your Thursday afternoon. But it's true. And this is what happens time and time and time again. The terror groups will take over a hospital. They'll take over a school. They'll take over a school bus. They'll, they'll booby trap ambulances. And when you've got this kind of heat-seeking intelligence missile range that says, I know where to find you based on your body and you know, the things we use to scan, then lo and behold, that becomes problematic because the missile doesn't know that the kid is being used as a human shield. The missile doesn't know that the building that it's aimed for because of the weaponry that's inside of it is a hospital or was a hospital until the terrorists took over. According to U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, the terror group Hamas has made tons of demands and there are currently anywhere between five and 600 U.S. passport holders trapped in Gaza right now. They're hoping to get out. Remember the death toll we heard about? You know, the majority of children and civilians have been killed. The, the, the total death total, uh, toll, I should say, from the October 7th attacks, around 1,400 people. But the number of people who are the innocent women and children who are being sexually assaulted, who are being killed, the idea that there have been, um, so far, there have been about 200 individuals who were taken captive by Hamas who have since been released, Prime Minister Netanyahu and President Biden releasing a joint statement over the weekend indicating that things are stepping up on that end. But in terms of the ground assault weaponry coming back, that's something that we have to take into consideration. For those who are saying, I'm pro-Palestinian, I'm an American college student, I really don't know what's going on here. But the Israelis are the bad ones and the Palestinians are the good ones. Do keep in mind that it is Hamas that is preventing, preventing at least five or 600 Americans from getting out of the region. They don't have an axe to grind in it other than that they're being perceived as pro-Israel. And I guess it's a good thing. If the propaganda were pure enough to where you could actually say, yes, all the Americans there are pro-Palestine, let them go. And they could be released. You could say whatever you want to get them to, to move. You could believe whatever you want. The problem, though, is that the White House right now really is pro-Palestinian and very much anti-Israeli and probably more the latter than the former. So what are we as Americans to do with this whole situation? I'll offer a couple of suggestions coming up next as the bottom line continues. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year, and and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com, hit the Preborn banner right now. Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Uh, U.S. officials, even the Biden administration now has to admit that the reason why there are so many Americans there, I mean, there's some Americans who are being held hostage, but the reason that there are anywhere between 500 and 600 passport-holding American citizens there is, quite frankly, because, well, they, um, <laughs> they're stuck there and Hamas won't let them leave. If you know, it's, it's interesting if you've ever talked to someone who's been involved in some kind of, you know, bum activity. I remember, um, I believe it was Dennis Prager. No, it might have been John Roseman did a couple of analyses of guys in particular who were on death row. 
and they asked them some questions about what they thought of themselves and did they think they were guilty of the crime and of course many of the people weren't willing to accept responsibility it wasn't my fault you know i mean i this is a they were coming at me with a knife you know blah 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 we both reached for the gun that one song uh, but what's interesting about that is if you look at the studies that psychologists have done with regard to people who are convicted of capital crimes many of them have among the highest self-esteem levels of anybody in america now you might ask yourself why would you have such a high level of self-esteem if you're on death row for killing one or two people well here's the thought maybe just maybe the reason your self-esteem is so high is because that's what drove you to kill someone in the first place you think so highly of yourself you think that you wind up taking someone else's life when they don't agree with you trust me on this one when you look at the way some of the progressives are handling the political world that we're living in right now wouldn't put it past them at all to take take one of these self-esteem evaluations and see how high they score themselves it's interesting to see though that when it comes to criminal activity the difference between the person who knows what they did was wrong and is seeking God for true forgiveness and repentance versus the person who says, I didn't do anything wrong. I can't help it if these people take what I say the wrong way and do something else with it. You know, as we look at the conflict here, let's bring it back to the Great Commission for just a moment. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every tribe and tongue, baptize those who believe it and receive it in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, how many people do you know have said, oh, no, I don't need to do that. That's for, you know, uh, faith is a crutch and I'm not weak. That's what they'll say. That's what they'll tell themselves. Sometimes you see that person who's committed a crime standing before the judge and saying, you got it all wrong, judge. I did this this way because I was, you know, wronged or whatever it was. You'll see this in the corporate world. The person who is bucking for a promotion and they're taking other people down in the process not ethically and when they're confronted about it they'll say well i had to do what i had to do because basically their life doesn't matter and my worth is predicated on them not rising up to my level of expectation when we look at the israel conflict whether you are pro-palestinian whether you're pro-syrian or iranian there are 20 something nations all in that area, all looking at the West Bank, all looking at this tiny speck of Israel that's still there. Ask yourself the question, what does God want for Israel? The last time I checked, my Bible said Jesus will return and rule and reign from Israel, from the, 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 the Mount, the Temple Mount. So why would we deny him his place? Whether you agree with Judaism or not, whether 90% of the Jews on planet Earth right now are, Christ, are aliens and, and not atheist is the word I was looking for and not following God still doesn't mean God will break that covenant he never will with Israel and with his church that's the good news and that's the bottom line for those who remain on the network this week's National Crawford Roundtable is coming up next it's going to be a good one keep it right here